0: Welcome to the Reaccess podcast. We're thrilled to have you tuning in for another episode of insightful conversations, thought-provoking discussions, and captivating stories. So sit back, relax, and now listen to the real hosts of the episode.
1: My name is Sasha. And my name is Anya. And we are the hosts of the new episode titled Teacher or Tech, The Battle for Language Loan Supremacy. Let me explain the beginning of the episode. It was generated by ChatGPT and voiced by Google Translate.
0: But there is more to that. As we are discussing the role of technology in the learning process, we decided to give AI a chance to show what else it can do and asked ChatGPT to create a title for today's episode. ChatGPT is an artificial intelligence chatbot. Please do not forget to share your opinion on the work done by the artificial intelligence in the comments.
1: Coming up next, we have a fascinating interview with Vicky and Anna, who are English teachers and know all the latest tricks and slays language game like a boss. Get ready to learn some valuable insights and tips on apps and language learning.
2: Hello, everyone. We count on the microphone and today we have another guest. Can you introduce yourself, please? Yes. Hi there. So, my name is Anna. I'm an English teacher and thank you for having me. I was happy to get this invitation. I'm very excited. We are happy to see you too. So, my first question for this interesting interview. What are the pros and cons of apps for studying foreign languages, such as, you know, I guess, Duolingo, Puzzle English, Lingual and others?
3: So, for me, this is um, a rather controversial topic. Because on the one hand, people can learn English from lessons that are done in the app especially if they don't have a chance to learn it with uh, an English teacher. I think yes, for many people it's a great option, but um there is a problem that um and I've been seeing this trend for years now that people they download different apps that can help them to to improve their English level, but they never use it again. <laughs> I don't know why But this is actually one of the things that I work with when people come to me and say, like, I want to improve my English, but I don't know how I've been using these apps and I don't have any results. And my theory is that that's happening because when you learn English through apps, you don't have a chance to learn how to say things about yourself, like personal information or things that you love doing. You just get an article or a video or a set of words that you have to learn and that's it. So I guess I actually have a business idea for the future. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a great problem for many apps, uh, but for now, I think they are not as effective as they could be, you know?
2: Okay, so um, as I understand you were talking about Quons, yeah, But do they have some advantages? Can you share with us, please?
3: I think so. If uh, someone has um, maybe a B1 level, uh, they can use app. If they also have a teacher who can help them to improve, um, they can use uh, apps as well. They can uh, use it 15 or 30 minutes a day. It can be great for them to learn something new like some additional information. But I don't think that it's about some huge work that we can do as teachers when people come to us and ask to help them, you know? That's why I was thinking maybe apps, for
2: the way we have them,
3: they are not very good for for people.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Teachers uh, do more job than... Apps usually do. Yeah, I can understand you. But another interesting question for you. Can apps make the process of learning English faster? So, as I told you, I
3: think that my answer to this question would be yes and no. So, yes, if you've got a teacher who helps you on a daily basis and you just suddenly want to use an app, That's okay, that's totally fine, it can help you. But if you try to improve your skills only by apps, I don't think that's a great option. I think a lot of apps actually lack um, different things. For example, when we, a lot of students come to me and they want to be um, in communication with other people. In communication with me or with students in uh, the group and that's why i think that's something that they need people time energy motivation and you can get this when you try to do some tasks using an app you know so i think it can be good if you use it with um if it's not and the only option for you But if it's the only thing that you use for improving your English skills uh, or, sorry, uh, language skills, it's not good.
2: (laughs) So it's better to use application with a teacher, like additional help, additional resource. Mm -hmm. Okay. I understand your point, and I guess I support it. Okay. Uh, I guess you know that usually apps promise us, like, spend 15 minutes and uh, you'll... Uh, learn English. So, what do you think? Is it possible to learn English doing tasks in such applications, uh, which offer you to devote only 15 minutes to learning foreign languages? Uh, Speaking from my experience, I
3: think it's not possible, because 15 minutes a day, it's, it's not enough. And I remember how I became a student at my university, that was 2017. And that was like the first day when I came there, and they told me, You are about to have six hours of classes. I was like, What? Like six hours of classes of grammar, of phonetics, of uh, such classes where you learn different stuff from different uh, fields of life, like family or home, or so different topics and phrases uh, around them. And I remember spending six or eight hours at university studying learning new things and then uh, I remember going home and doing my homework as well and I also spent six hours for that so that was a lot and uh, I think that it helped me to have such progress in English I don't think that it would be possible to be at this point if I if I had spent it so only 15 minutes a day,
2: that's that's not uh, an option. So we can say that 15 minutes uh, using these apps is like maybe a hobby or just for fun, not so serious, yeah?
3: Yeah, I think it's more for entertainment.
2: Just to pretend that you're learning, yeah? Yeah, there is actually a
3: popular word nowadays. I forgot how they combine words education and
2: entertainment, you know? somehow okay i guess we need to find out this word because i don't know it but maybe for <laughs> for our listeners it'll be interesting i guess our team will help to find okay. this word okay Uh by the way uh, can such applications help you to prepare for exams what do you think if yes how if not why
3: i actually believe that Nowadays, we have got a very solid system of language levels of how student books and different um, books for people who want to learn English, the way they are written, the way the applications are built. I think it's more for people who want to pass the exams, but I think that we forget, and that's a great problem, actually, we forget about people who want to learn Languages just for themselves, just for life, you know? And um, I guess my question would be, sorry, my answer would be the same. Uh, If you've got a teacher, if your goal is uh, passing an exam, apps can be great. Because there you can train your grammar skills or reading skills or whatever. But you still can't work on your speaking skills. You need people for that. And you need a teacher who can explain you different aspects of different... Uh, who can tell you about some peculiarities, you know, of uh, the experience you are about to have. For example, you can't find any information uh, telling you about the way you, you are going to feel uh, during the exam. Like being scared or language barrier. That's a great problem for people. But when you are preparing with, um, not by yourself, using only apps, but with uh, a person, I think it's easier for people because psychology is also very important here. So as Uh, I told you before, it's like (laughs) when you have a teacher, it's a great option to also use an app. Why not? But only by using an app, you can't reach the level you need for for these exams, I think.
2: So uh, I guess you mean that apps have specific structure that can be oh. used yeah, during the exam, like grammar, I don't mm-hmm. know, uh, reading skills Yeah, as you mentioned. But for general English, like communication, like, I don't know, for traveling, it's not a good option, yeah? Am I right?
3: Yeah, because there are different things in life, like situations where you can be not prepared for... Things that might be happening, just because you trained your listening skills, but you are not ready for. You know, you you are used to all these scripts, and uh, in real life, sometimes it's not that scripted. You know, (laughs) sometimes there are situations where you need to um, to say something, and you are not ready. I think this is. These are things that we learn how to, mm, these are problems that we learn how to cope with uh, when we have lessons with teachers. We can do it uh, with the help of apps.
2: Yeah, I know how it's hard to improvise. And the last question, I guess I can predict your answer, but still. What is the role of a foreign language teacher in the modern world where we have an access to the internet and artificial intelligence? Do we still need teachers? I don't think that a personal approach can be ever
3: replaced. (laughs) So I think people always need people. That's the fact. I believe that artificial intelligence can be some kind of an assistant for you when you try to learn something. But I guess it will never replace a human being, a communication you can also have some special bonds with people. That's not something you can have with the machine, right? Personally, I'm not only a teacher for my students, but I'm also um, a coach, a friend, a mentor, or an assistant, and a teacher. The thing is they my students always tell me that the first thing they think of when they remember, when they uh, come to my lessons, they want to have fun. And then they learn something. You can do this using apps or AI chats.
2: Yeah, I can't imagine artificial intelligence is trying to create friendly environment.
3: <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> so I can't imagine. But maybe in the future, but now our, our profession can't die. Yeah? Yeah. So,
3: sorry, I remember the word now. It's uh, edutainment. Oh, entertainment. Oh. Yeah. It's very popular now. Like when you try to combine education and entertainment and there is a word, entertainment. And
2: teachers can do it and provide. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for coming and sharing with us your opinion. Thank you for having me. So goodbye. Bye. The discussion was
0: totally lit. The debate about technology in education is truly never-ending. Vicky and Anna gave us tips and tricks for leveling up language game. Let's continue with some more true-to-life examples. Sasha, please tell us if you ever used applications for language learning and how profitable it turned out.
1: Um, Anna, I'm a total tech fanatic. It's insane how high tech has infiltrated every corner of my life, even my education. Now I am in an abusive relationship with a Duolingo Owl. I'm sure no explanation is needed. I've got problems with motivation, and today I am over motivated and start learning 10 new languages at the same time. But tomorrow all my impulsive plans clearly disappear. But this little annoying Owl remembers my every step and makes me feel ashamed for being unproductive. But never mind. To tell the truth, I think it's a great app to keep learning something new in an easy way. Now I'm proud that I know how to order green tea and rice in Japanese if there is no English-speaking waiter and no internet in the restaurant. And what was your experience
0: like? I guess you are talking about a gamification element to increase your motivation. And that is something that apps are perfect for. As for my experience, I had a period in life when I needed to boost my language skills and didn't have an opportunity to communicate with people using the language. That's exactly the time when apps came into my life. I was drilling vocabulary, listening to recordings, and all that eventually helped me with the exams. But I have to admit that human conversation is vital for language learning as Anna mentioned today, so I'm going to side with the girls in the combination of face-to-face teaching and apps.
1: Of course, it can't replace a real teacher for me. When I want to achieve something significant, I start lessons with a human expert, and apps like Duolingo just help me to stay in shape when it comes to learning English. Thank you for sharing
0: your story, Sasha. The whole team of Reaccess Podcast is looking forward to the stories of using apps and learning languages from our listeners, so share in comments. And now I think it's time to discuss the phrases that you've heard. Let's dive into vocabulary with Elena, who can boost your language proficiency.
4: Maybe someday I'll be giving you the rundown of vocabulary of the robot language. But for now, we'll stick with human-made languages and take a look at the English vocabulary used in this episode. There was a number of great emphatic descriptors, for instance, the word insightful. It means showing a clear and original understanding of a complicated problem or situation. So when we say insightful conversation, it eliminates the subject and informs us about it in a meaningful way. Another way to describe a conversation or a piece of art is with the adjective thought-provoking. You know how sometimes you watch a movie and then have to spend the rest of the evening contemplating your stance on the different themes of it? That means the movie was thought-provoking. It made you reflect. Beside that, a movie or a story in general can be captivating. Literally, the verb captivate stands for catching someone and not letting them go. In this creative sense, it is used to express that whatever we're watching or reading piques our interest We just cannot wait to see how the story develops and ends our entire attention and focus on the story. It's captivating. On top of these great adjectives, a fun noun was mentioned. Peculiarities. In this context, a synonym would be characteristics, specialties. A peculiarity is defined as something that's typical to a person, an object, or a group, and differs them from others. When you use this word, you're also implying slightly that the quality you are describing is somewhat unique, maybe even strange. I'd like to finish up with two interesting verbal phrases. First, to cope with something. Normally, it's hard for students to cope with their stress during an exam. That is, it is hard for them to manage it and keep it under control. You can also direct the following question towards someone who, going through a hard time. How are you coping? Lastly, it's important for teachers to have a bond with their students. To have a bond with someone means to have a human personal connection to them. The word bond can also be used as a verb. When I say, during summer camp I bonded with two girls, I am stating that I established a strong connection to them and we are likely now friends. That's all on the vocabulary front for today. I hope my explanations were insightful for you. Wink wink!
0: So thanks again to Vicky for the interview and to Elena for the vocabulary part and of course to our guest Anna for providing her exciting experience. Remember to post your comments with your experience or questions. Share your story
1: with the world and maybe you will be in the episode next time. And you're welcome to do the usual stuff, like, subscribe, follow. Your host of today's episode, Sasha and Anya, say bye to you. See you in two weeks when the next episode of Reaccess podcast is available. Our next topic for discussion will be camps, and the episode will be real special.